Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be switching gears once again and talking about baseball. We're going to be looking at the weekend series for the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds that you need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. I use Bet Online all the time. And I can truly say it is my favorite book out there on the markets. Now, if you actually want a pretty solid promo, head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast. And every time before we went on break, we previewed what we're going to be doing for this week's show, talking a little bit of baseball, something that we haven't done for a couple of probably months at this point. But we're going to be looking at the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants and talking about both of their upcoming four-game series taking place from Thursday throughout the weekend. So without further ado, we're going to start off and talk about Oakland first and looking at them from the actual standings. They are in first place, currently one game ahead of Houston, 37-26 and record, and they also have won each of their last two games by at least three runs. So they seem to be on the verge of making some noise again because they did end up beating the Rockies in the series before that. So it seems like they're starting to click. Meanwhile, Kansas City has started to fall apart as the Royals have lost five in a row. And really, none of those games were any close. They ended up losing uh, two games to Minnesota. And then after that, they got blown out against the Angels over the weekend and got outscored by a combined total of 22-5. Uh, so it really wasn't close. In the last couple of games, and I end up having to travel to the Coliseum. Not exactly a great spot. Now, looking at the betting lines for Thursday's matchup, you have the A's as roughly minus 145 favorites, and you also have the total set at over or under eight. Now, for the actual pitching matchup, you have Mike Miner on the mound against Frankie Montas. Now, Miner is four and three with a 4.84 ERA, 1.21 WHIP. Meanwhile, Montas is six and five with a 4.52 ERA and a 1.41 whip. Now, Montes has been pretty much the perfect, I'd say, example of inconsistency when it comes to starting pitchers in the league this season. You look at his numbers, and it's really just been up and down, and you have to hope that he can find some form of consistency moving forward. But the Coliseum has not really been the place for him this season. He does have a 5.31 ERA at home which is significantly worse than the 4.52 ERA that he has overall. You look at his night games, 4.85 ERA. So he really hasn't been that great. But if you look at his numbers over the last 
a couple of starts. I mentioned how they were inconsistent. I'll actually go through a couple of those starts specifically. Ended up having five innings, three runs against the Rockies. Then he had five and two-thirds against the uh, Angels with no earned runs. Then he had six innings, four earned runs against the Mariners. Five innings, two runs, six innings, one run. And in May, he was really good. June, so far, he's been meh. But we'll see what happens here, especially against a struggling team that has lost six in a row, that has lost five in a row. But looking at Mike Miner in this spot, he has really been kind of similar. Just looking at his numbers, you look at the 4.84 whip. I mean, 4.84 ERA, just the 1.21 whip. So something doesn't fully add up there because the ERA is definitely higher than what you'd expect it to be with a whip that low. But if you look at his numbers lately. Pretty similar story. I mean, he was pretty solid, but then he got shelled by Minnesota in his last start. Seven innings, five runs. Ended up giving up three home runs in that loss. But you look at his road numbers this season, and he's been very comfortable. 3.12 ERA, 2-0 record. So he has looked a lot better on the highway than he has at home. But for this matchup here, I like the A's at minus 145. At the end of the day, i got to fade the team that's lost five in a row. Kansas City's been a streaky team all season long. And it seems like, based on what they've shown or what they haven't shown for the last week or so, I think a long losing streak's going to come. You saw them lose a bunch of games earlier in the season in a row, and it seems like another losing streak is on the horizon for a team that has kind of overachieved up to this point. People didn't exactly expect the Royals to be in third place in this division, let alone have a winning record about a week ago. And now they are 29-31. and 31. It seems like the regression is coming pretty fast, and I think you'll see Oakland get the job done on Thursday. Now looking at Friday's matchup, you have Brady Singer for the Royals taking on Cole Irvin. Now Irvin has pretty good numbers, but overall a pretty underwhelming record. He is 4-7, and seven, but he does have a 3.89 ERA and a 1.23 whip. So he's really not been getting a ton of run support, which was the case actually uh, in Colorado because he did get some runs. But for the most part, he really hasn't gotten much help offensively. Now looking at Brady Singer, 3-5 three and, three and record, 4.88 ERA, 1.46 whip. Singer is one of these young guys who people were expecting to have big things happen for him, either this year or in the foreseeable future, but that has not really been the case. You look at his numbers on the road, not much better. 5.91 ERA on the highway, which I do think is concerning. You look at his last couple of outings, and he's been decent. I'd say, I mean, five and two thirds, two runs against the Twins, five and two thirds, five runs, four earned against Pittsburgh. Uh, start before that, got shelled, two and two thirds, six earned against Tampa. But before that, he was pretty good, six and a third against Detroit, three runs, six and a third, two runs against Chicago. So Singer has been, once again, kind of a mixed bag. But you look at Irvin on the other side, and he has been pretty consistent. All season long. The results, as I said before, have not exactly been there in terms of wins and losses. But if you look at some of the other numbers, he has definitely been one of the better starting pitchers in this rotation up to this point. He hasn't been Manaya level good, but he's still been pretty solid. You look at the last couple of starts, six innings, one run against Colorado. Six innings, four runs against the Angels. Four and two-thirds, four runs against Seattle. Five innings, five runs against Houston. And start before that, six and two-thirds, one run against Minnesota. But if you want to actually look at his numbers at home, they've been worse. So he's kind of struggled a bit at the Coliseum. Does have a 4.73 ERA at home. But once again, it's going to be kind of a similar story to what I said for the first game in this series. 
I just think Kansas City is going to go on a decent losing streak, and I think that there's a good chance Oakland might sweep this four-game set. Just looking at Kansas City, this team's offense was overachieving for about the past two weeks. Now it started to struggle again because it really struggled against Dylan Bundy and Griffin Canning, and both of them have been awful this season. I don't really have much faith in Kansas City's offense in this spot, and Oakland offensively has looked really good for the last couple of games. You go through the actual numbers for Oakland in order. Five runs against Seattle, 12 runs against Seattle, six runs against Seattle, nine runs against Colorado, six runs against Colorado, one against Colorado, five against Arizona, and four against Arizona. So Oakland has scored at least four runs in pretty much each of its last game for the past week, with the exception of one. So I'm a little bit concerned that Kansas City's offense won't be able to match it and that Oakland will be able to do just enough in order to get the job done in most of these games, if not all of these games, in the series. But I do think Irvin will pitch well again, and I think Kansas City will struggle in this spot. So I like Oakland winning the first two games of this set. Now looking at the third game taking place on Saturday, you have to look at a pitching matchup between Bassett and uh, wait, sorry, I got the uh, wrong thing. Sorry, it's going to be uh, Caprillion against Cower. Now, Cower is a relative newcomer, only had one start, made his professional debut against the Angels a couple of days ago, and he got absolutely shelled. You look at his numbers, only went two-thirds of an inning, ERA of 54, 7.5 whip, walked two guys. That's really not a good sign for his command. He's got great stuff, but it seems like he's going to need a little bit of time before he fully... Uh, I'd say gets comfortable with control with all his with all his pitches. But Caprillion's been solid, two and one record, three point oh eight ERA, uh, twenty six point one, uh, twenty six and a third innings, and really been under control. I mean, he's given up twenty hits, so less than a hit per inning, and he strikes out over one per inning, which is a good sign. But for this matchup, I'm gonna have to fade Cower. Uh, you can't have one start and have an ERA fifty four and a WHIP of seven point five and expect me to actually have faith in you in your second start. So until Cower actually shows me something, I'm going to have to fade him. And Caprillion does seem like he is a youngster who has a decent amount of talent. And I do think that he might become a pretty valuable piece to Oakland's rotation for a potential playoff run in the future, but we shall see. And then looking at the final game in the series, you have a matchup here between Chris Bassett and Chris Bubich. And for this matchup here... Uh, you got to look at Bassett and compare it to Bubich's recent start. Now, Bubich's numbers are pretty good. One and one record, 3.32 ERA, 1.34 whip. But he did get shelled against the Angels in his last start, four innings, six runs. And you have the twin start before, four and a third, four runs, three earned. So he really hasn't been pitching well lately. Plus, he does have a 5.06 ERA on the highway. Meanwhile, looking at Bassett, he has been very solid this season. 6-2 record, 3.44 ERA, 1.01 whip. And if you look at his results at home, 2.9 ERA, so he has been better in the Coliseum. You look at his last couple of starts, and he has been nails for the most part. Pitched against Arizona his last outing, 7 innings, 2 runs. Then didn't really do well against Seattle, 4 innings, 4 runs. But the two starts before that, faced the Angels back-to-back. 9 innings, complete game shutout. And then the start before that, 7 and 2 thirds, 2 earned runs. So he's been pitching extremely well lately, and Bubich has struggled a bit lately. So I do think that Oakland should get the job done and should probably end up sweeping this series. But that's going to switch gears and talking about the Giants, who are going to be traveling to Nationals Park to take on the Washington Nationals. 
and that series is going to be starting tonight. And on the mound, you do have a pretty solid matchup. It's going to be between Desclafani and Max Scherzer. Now, both pitchers have been very good this season. Scherzer is 5-4 with a 2.22 ERA and a .82 whip. So because of the 5-4 record, despite the great numbers, the run support has not been there, but he has still been pitching very well. Meanwhile, Descafani has been solid, 5-2 record, 3.51 ERA, and a 1.11 whip. You look at his pitching performances lately, and he's also been pretty sharp. His road numbers are good, 2.63 ERA on the highway. You look at his performances lately, as I said, pitched against Chicago in his last start, six innings, two runs. So, of course, the Nationals are laying a decent price because Scherzer on the mound. You kind of have to lay a decent price with him because he's one of the best pitchers of all time, let alone in this generation. But I think the value here is on the Giants with the reverse run line. If you want to take them plus one and a half runs. Giants, of course, have been the much better team this season. 38 and 23 in first place in the NL West. Meanwhile, the Nationals are eight games under. Did win an impressive extra inning game against Tampa yesterday. But Washington is currently half game ahead of Miami for last place. And I just don't think this team is very good. Now, Scherzer hasn't gotten much run support. I think this will be a low-scoring game. So I do like the under 7.5. But I will take the reverse run line here at plus 1.5. I do think you'll see the Giants keep this close. And with the Nationals being the home team, that means they most likely will not have to bat in the ninth. So I'll take that to the bank. I think the Nationals win this game by 1. Or if the Giants win, then you end up getting the job done. You end up getting paid. So I'll play it safe, and I will take the Giants on the reverse run line at plus one and a half runs. And I think that that value is a little bit just too much to pass up. But looking at the second game in the series taking place on Friday, you have a pitching matchup involving Gaussman and TBD. You have an unknown pitcher going for the Nationals, but I will still go through the matchup anyway. Gaussman on the mound has been... Phenomenal. Um, if you had told me going into the year that Gaussman would be an NL Cy Young candidate, I probably would have laughed at you, but that has been the case this season. Gaussman's numbers are actually unreal. 7-0 record, 1.27 ERA, .76 whip. Really not much else to say. I mean, he has 93 strikeouts in 77 and two-thirds innings, so he has been phenomenal. And he might be due a decent contract in the future if he continues pitching like this. But looking at the actual matchup here, uh, excuse me, uh, you just have to look at the Nationals and say to yourself, do you trust this underwhelming offense actually performing against Gaussman? And I do not. You can look at any metric you want with the Nationals, and this team simply can't hit. I know Soto hit a home run yesterday. Of course, he's very talented. But the Nationals are, are averaging just 3.88 runs per game, which ranks 25th in the league. I think Gaussman shuts the door. I think the Nationals probably score one or two runs against them, and I do think the Giants should get the job done in this spot. So, I got the Giants taking the first two games in this road series, but that'll take us to Saturday's matchup. It's going to be between Johnny Cueto and uh, Ross. And looking at Ross, he has not been that good this season. Joe Ross has struggled. 2-6 and six record with a 4.8 ERA, 3.14 whip. So, you're looking at Ross... If you remember to start the season, he was phenomenal. Uh, he then kind of fell apart, but he has been better lately. Ended up going six innings and no runs against Philly in his last outing. That He ended up going five innings, four runs against Atlanta the start before. But the start before that, four innings and no earned against Cincinnati. So even though he's been struggling for about the last couple of months, it seems like he has started to pick it back up again. 
But still, he has a 2-6 and six record, and his ERA at home is 7.9, which is hideous, which is also extremely concerning because if the Nationals can't score for him and he gives them a bunch of runs, you're probably going to have a bad time. But looking at Cueto, of course, he has been solid, but he has also been injured for some of the year. But he's back, 4-2 and two record, 3.7 ERA, 1.25 whip. You look at his last couple of outings, been pretty inconsistent. Four and a third, th- uh, four runs, three earned against Chicago in his last outing. Seven innings, one run against it, against Los Angeles. Start before that, start before that one. Five innings, four runs against Arizona. And the start before that, five innings, one run. So it's kind of just a mix between good, bad, good, bad. And I think that he should pitch well in this spot. Now, Ross being bad is just really the icing on the cake here because the Giants offensively, have been better lately. I can't say that this is a great offensive team, but they've been finding ways to manufacture runs, and I think that'll be enough in order to take advantage of this Nationals, uh, both questionable starter and rotation. So, as questionable starter and bullpen. So, I like the Giants into this spot. So, so far, I got the Bay Area teams going 7-0 over the course of the weekend, and that's going to take us to the final matchup we're going to be talking about in this video, which is going to be on Sunday between Alex Wood and John Lester. You look at Lester's numbers, 0-2 with a 4.19 ERA. And you have Alex Wood on the mound, 5-3 with a 3.79 ERA. He does also have a 1.16 whip, so he has been pretty good at preventing people from getting on base. But you look at his last couple of outings for Wood, and they have not been great. 5 and a third, 4 runs against Texas. 3 and 2 thirds, 7 runs against Los Angeles, against the Angels. And 6 innings, 4 runs against the Dodgers start before that. Now you look at Lester. And the one thing that he really doesn't do well is eat up innings. Lester, it, his point in his career is okay, I guess, but the age of 37, he really just doesn't go past five in any given outing. Only went three and two-thirds against Tampa in his last appearance. Uh, only gave up one run. Uh, start before that, five and two-thirds, one run against Atlanta. Start before that, four innings, one run against Milwaukee. So he's pretty good at not giving up runs, but he really just doesn't eat up much innings, which is or many innings, which is concerning because of Washington's questionable bullpen. But I do with the Nationals in the spot. I think that you'll see Wood struggle again. I just have an issue trusting Alex Wood. I know that he was great to start the year, but regression seems to be hitting him pretty hard. And Lester, even though he's not going to eat up many innings, he'll probably give you four or five. He's really only given up one run in his last couple of starts. So I think that he'll pitch well. I think the Nationals bullpen will do enough to hold the fourth down. And I think you'll see the Nationals win a pretty close game. But before we wrap up the show, once again, we're going to quickly recap all eight games. So we like the A's to win all four games against the Royals. We like a sweep happening against a team that's probably going to end up losing a decent amount of games in a row in Kansas City. And then for the Giants, we like them to win three out of four before losing the series finale to Leicester on Sunday. Other than that, though, that has been this installment of the Bitter Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Good luck to all of you, and respect the best today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.